And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr, and suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. Is this your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Really? It's really awful. But I have a lot of things that are on order. You know, credit trouble. Pay more attention to your schoolwork and listen to the radio. You always listen to the radio. It's different. Our lives are ruined already. The Whistler. Staple self-destruct in five seconds. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern from 1950. Then, Frank Sinatra stars as footloose and fancy-free amateur detective Rocky Fortune from 1954. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? What's up, Carl? Well, last time, we began listening to one of your favorites, Anne Southern, as Maisie Revere. Let's go back to October 12, 1954, the conclusion now of The Poetic Wrestler on the Adventures of Maisie. I don't know from nothing, Moody. Either I get my picture in the paper like Spike McClasky, or else. Or else what, Flanagan? Or else they don't fight McClasky tonight. As a matter of fact, I got a half a mind to walk out on the belt right now. You What did you say? He says he's got half a mind. Yeah, and don't you forget it. Okay, Flanagan. We'll give you some publicity, too. I want you should concentrate special on pitches. Lots of pitches on my right side, on my left side. And on your back. Yeah, and on my... Wait a minute. Kelly! Hiya, killer. Didn't recognize you standing up. Leave us not be sarcastic, chum. Your stumble-bum McCloskey is all set to fight me tonight, I take it. And you're gonna get it. Oh, yeah? Don't you kid yourself, babe. I can lick any man with one hand. Yeah, but McCloskey's got two hands. I know, I know. I can count. Well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> okay, Flanagan, come on. I'll take a couple of shots off you for the paper. And remember to smile pretty, Flanagan, and show you too. I'll do that. Say, babe, you're a pretty hep chick. How's about going out tonight after the fight with a winner? Oh, I'd love to. Maybe we can get a girl for you, too. Yeah, that'd be a swell. I... Hey, wait a minute. Come on, killer. Your public's waiting. Hey, quite a doll, that Flanagan, huh, miss? Yeah. I just love the cute way his nose turns up, then down, then up again. Um, you're McCloskey's manager, I gather. You gather real good, babe. And right now, I got a problem. I got to talk to Miss Bleeding Card. Oh, well, that's me. Start bleeding. Does this mean something to you? My Juliet, oh, how I miss her. Oh, woods, I could just see her kiss her. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the poems Romeo sent into this column. Uh-huh. Of course, that wasn't one of his best, but, say, you're not Romeo. No, I ain't got no rocks in my head. Now, it's my boy, McCluskey. He's Romeo? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, the same. With that Tennyson, Swinebrain, Browning, and... Uh, what's the name of Browning's wife again? Mrs. Browning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. And, and guess what, sister? Spike ain't fighting tonight till he meets that there Juliet twist in the flesh. I gotta bring her back to him right now. But he... I mean, she... I mean, um... Mickey! If he don't see her, there ain't gonna be no fisticuffs tonight. But the milk fund and the boss's money. You're kidding. Uh-uh. 
McCluskey's been smit like nobody ever before been smut. Um, yeah, Maisie, what is it, a scoop, maybe? Yeah, but you may not get a chance to read it. Get your code, Mickey. It's about Romeo. Romeo? Why, I, I... Romeo's the fighter, Spike McCluskey. Ay, ay, ay. This must be Romeo. I mean, Spike McCloskey's dressing room, Maisie. Well, here goes. I'm sort of scared, Maisie. Well, who isn't? We gotta convince McCloskey that he just has to fight tonight. Everything depends on it. But please be careful, Maisie. If he finds out I'm Juliet, he'll tear me into little pieces. Entree. Silver plate. Ah, good evening, folks. I have just been absorbed in a hunk of classical music. My favorite piece, Schubert's Unfinished Symphony. Uh, yeah, well, um, Mr. McCloskey, we're from the Chronicle. Oh, the newspaper, yeah, and Kelly sent you. <laughs> you have news of her, pray? Well, um, yes. I am praying. Ah, do sit down, do. At last... The one purpose of my life nears fulfillment. I have but one desire, to find Juliet and crush her in my arms. I think I'll go home. i got to wash out a few Don't things. Don't you dare, Mickey. Mr. McCloskey, when I suppose she, uh, well, didn't have exactly the beautiful complexion you expected from her letter. Tis not Juliet's face that I am enameled of. Tis her soul, so gentle, so kind. So long. Sit down, Mickey. Uh, Spike, right after the fight... No, no, I will not be stilled off no longer. Either you present Juliet to me insolently, or I do not fight tonight. Well, Mickey, the milk fund and water's paper is at stake, so I guess Romeo has to learn the truth. But, Maisie, you can't. Romeo, will you fight tonight if you see Juliet? I will. I'm wilting, too. Well, in that case, I'll have to tell you. Romeo... Your Juliet is... No, I lay me down to sleep. Your Juliet is me. Maisie! Ah, come, let me hold you tenderly in my arms, Juliet. Ah, how do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Well, we'll count later. First, you got to get back in your training. Training? For what? For the fight tonight, you remember? Oh, the fight, yeah. <laughs> you need not have to worry your pretty little conk about that, beloved. Oh, I don't. No. Now that we are together... We shall be together for fraternity. I shall not fight neither tonight nor never again. Oh, then we can n not fight tonight? No fight, and beloved, I can see by the look in your eyes that thou art relieved, huh? And as the poets say, the eyes never lie. You want to bet? This is a lovely thing to happen with a fight two hours off, Mr. Kelly. Can't you change McCluskey's mind? After all, you're his manager. Ex-manager. Ex-manager. That there's gratitude for you. I teach Spike everything I know. And what's he turn out to be? A dope. Poor Maisie. Tied up with McCloskey until he dies. With that face, he'll never die. He'll just ugly away. Maisie, don't try to laugh your way out of this. You're responsible for all this. I guess in a way, it's, it's partly my fault. You said it, Mickey. You shouldn't have started it. You're not a woman. No, but for a while there, I was pretty close. Juliet! Oh, Juliet! There's a Jake now. I'm going to give that dog a piece of my mind. No, Walter. Not that he couldn't use another piece, but he'll hang one on you if you make him mad. Let me see what I can do. Alone. Juliet! Juliet! Wherefore art thou? 
I art here, but I art coming out. Ah, my Juliet, tis thou. I have been making beautiful plans for our future together. Goody, goody, come drop. On our honeymoon, my wondrous one, we shall go to Niagara Falls. Look, Spike, I just can't. Can't what, mine enchanted tomato? I can't go away and let down the kids in this town who could benefit by the fight tonight. And Walter Moody will have to return the money for the tickets sold and lose everything. Oh, fear not, beloved one. All those people that have made it possible that we should find each other, they will get what financially is coming to them. They will? Yes. After we are married, I shall devote my talents to cremating beautiful poetry and turn over the financial money from same to said injured parties. Happy, my dove? Oh, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Tis springtime. See them two little love boys up in yon tree there? Dost thou know what they are thinking of, beloved? Yeah, worms. Wait here a minute. Oh, Mr. Kelly. Yeah? Have any luck convincing Spike you should fight tonight, Maisie? No. There's just one angle left to try. Where's Killer Flanagan? Probably in his dressing room at the stadium, getting ready for a fight that ain't gonna be. Could be you're wrong. Look, give me a ten-minute start and then tell Romeo I've gone to see Flanagan. Little Maisie's going to make that guy out there fight if it's the last thing I do. And if the jealousy angle don't work, it might be the last thing I'll do. Well, Pat, you kind of switched from McClasky to me kind of sudden-like, didn't you? Well, I'm a sudden kind of dame killer. When I get a urge, I get a urge. Me, I'm the kind that likes a continental type fella. That's me. What's William Powell got that I ain't got? Nothing. But yours has been knocked out of line a little. You know, babe, we could make beautiful music together. Yeah, but the music will keep, chum. Don't start fiddling around now. Ah, oh, don't be that way. Juliet! Oh, Juliet! Kiss me, killer, quick. Sure, babe. Juliet! See? Just like I told you, Spike. Hey, what's coming off here? Say, like, what is this, a convention? Yeah, a couple can't get no privacy no more. Well, Juliet, this is me, Romeo. Have you forgotten all about me? No, but I'm working on it. Maybe Juliet prefers the killer because he's her kind. Yeah, the fighting kind. The kind that shows it in the ring. A guy with big, strong muscles. What's wrong with these muscles? Huh, I've seen bigger lumps in a dish of homemade oatmeal. Hey, look, babe, I would do anything for you, anything. Killer here would do more than that. He'd fight for me, wouldn't you, Killer? Sure, kid. Nobody's gonna take you away from me now. Well, that does it, Killer. For you, the creep you tools, the nail of cotton day. Put him up, name. Okay, they're up. Come and get it, won't we? No, spy Killer, not in here. Yeah, save it for the ring, fellas. We'll sell more popcorn that way. Now we're settling us here a fair to hunt right here. Step up, Dreamboat. Here is where you get yourself launched. Oh, yeah? Stop them, Walter. They'll kill themselves for free. Hey, now look here, fellas, both of you. <clears throat> oh, Walter. Oh, Walter, get up. You didn't have to hit them, both of you, you big palookas. He was just trying to stop you so you'd fight in the stadium. He'll be coming out of it, lady. Maybe. You killed him. That's what you did. Walter, don't die. Please don't. I'll figure out some other way to make these two palookas fight in that ring. Oh, so that's it, Julian. You are just like all the other dames. Mercenary. Say, babe, what is all this? Was this whole thing some kind of trick? 
Yeah, it was all my fault, because Spike wouldn't fight. Now my boss, his poor, poor eye. Killer, we've been took. Yeah. But what do you expect, dames? Whenever you find them, what do they act like? Women. Now look, boys, the fight is waiting on a big, fat place. Yeah, fellas. Please go into the ring. I'll stay here with Walter, and I'm sorry about the lie, Romeo. Honest, I am. Oh, well, think not, it, lady. One thing which one learns from the poets, philosophy. With my pal Killer here, I will depart for the pugilist ring, hey? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, and uh, say, Spike, it's my turn to win this time. Your turn? Get him. Who won in Pittsburgh? You did. What, do you want to be a pig? Okay, okay. Then it's your turn. Name the round. Yeah, well, let's make it the third, eh, so we can catch the early train. Well, so long, Juliet. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Yeah, but it's much sweeter than meeting again. <laughs> so long, fellas, and thanks. Ugh. Yeah, I think he's coming Ugh. out of it, Maisie. He sure has a big lump there. Either that or he's growing a second head. Oh, good girl, Maisie. You tried. You deserve a, a raise in salary. I'll give you five dollars a week more. Ten. Fifteen. Uh, I'll get some water. Snap model. Yeah, do that. But for all that interference with everything, you you should get a cut. I should cut you twenty dollars. No, 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 no. Thirty. Thirty-five. Mac, quick with that water while I'm still making a living. Well, the fight went on as scheduled, and it was a big financial success. Those kids in town will have a little more than before. Yep. Giving is better than receiving, especially if you're a prize fighter. McCloskey and Killer Flanagan were real swell. They turned over their shares of the purses to the fund. You know, kids are funny things. They have soft little feet. But when they kick you in the heart, you really feel it. So when a worthy cause comes up, don't say to yourself, I've never seen these unfortunates I'm contributing to, and I probably never will, and who'll know that I gave? The answer is simple. You'll know. Well, come on, feet. Gotta catch that bus back to New York now. You have just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Hans Conried, Sheldon Leonard, Ted DeCorzia, Tommy Bernard, and Peter Lees. Jack McCoy speaking. And that's The Adventures of Maisie from October 12, 1950, with the poetic wrestler starring Anne Southern. Also in the cast, Hans Conried, Peter Leeds, Sheldon Leonard, and Ted DeCorsia. That was syndicated by MGM. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's Frank Sinatra in Rocky Fortune. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of March, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Boston Blackie Volume 1 featuring 12 detective adventures. Boston Blackie Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during March is X-1 Volume 1 featuring 12 stories by some of the greatest writers in science fiction. 
X-1 Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In April, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during March. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order. And while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360, and it's time now for Rocky Fortune, starring Frank Sinatra. Let's go back to February 2nd, 1954. This is called The Bodyguard for a Football Player. It stars Frank Sinatra, as heard on NBC, part one of Rocky Fortune. Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. NBC presents Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. How are you? Hey, did you ever notice how every week I get dragged or thrown into a homicidal picnic where I get pushed around? And speaking about lumps and stuff reminds me of another form of homicide. The football racket. Started one night at Artie's pool palace. As I ankle toward the Q-Rack, I see a monster-type guy moving toward me. His eyes are full of things to say. I put the cue away, and when he was close enough, looked right down his necktie. Fortune? I ain't Liberace, kid. Who are you and what's in your mind? Jerry Brady, and I got trouble. What's my handmaiden doing for you? Plenty. Look, I'm in a spot. Oh, yeah, I place you. Jerry Brady. Best quarterback in pro football. Yeah, you're in a spot. You can lead the Bombers to a championship tomorrow night, for which you'll get a fat bonus. Maybe tomorrow never comes. What's eating you, Brady? Bert Addison. Bert Addison? What's the big wheel got to do with you? He owns the Tigers. So? Look, Fortune. It ain't like I was an angel. I done business with Addison a long time ago. I blew a few games for him when I was in college. Got some long green and was forgotten. Then I signed up with the Bombers. Since I've been playing for Pat Casey, I've been straight. Now Addison's after me. The fix, huh? What else? Wants me to meet him at his joint, the Silver Cradle, at nine. How do I fit in this thing? I understand you and Addison had it out before. Figures you won, he wouldn't be around. When I turn him down cold, I want you around to make sure I get out with all my arms and legs. What's it worth? Five hundred clams. Kid, you got a no blocking back. I'll meet you at nine. What'll it be, Buster? Hey, you're Jerry Brady. What a ball player. Son of house. What do you drink? Where's Addison? No offense, Brady. Boss is back in his office. Thanks a lot, Buster. Come in. Couple hours early, aren't you, Brady? Yeah, I wanted to talk without Casey. Bert Anderson's always ready to talk. Let's get to the point. We've done business before. How much do you want to call wrong plays all night? Fifty grand. That's a lot of dough. That's my price. Bet that on my tigers at three to one. You can wind up a rich boy. Is it a deal or ain't it? Yeah, yeah, Brady. I'll give you 25 now, the rest after the game. All of it, big man. You got no worries? Your team, your odds, two quarterbacks working for you? Don't get too bright, Brady. Look, Addison. I'm out for the big kill. 
want to count it? No. One thing before I go. I may be back at nine. If I am, play along with whatever I do. Get it? You're running the place, but you better not fumble. Sergeant Hamilton J. Finger speaking. Hiya, hey. Oh, it's you, Fortune. What's on your purpeted mind? You made a boo-boo, Sarge. And I was just ready to cut you in on something grandiose. Your heart bleeds with a milk of human kindness. Sarge, I was going to give you a bed warmer for your birthday. Come on, come on. I ain't got all night. I last night on a new job. I'm a bodyguard. <laughs> you a bodyguard? You mean a babysitter, don't you? Yeah, very funny. Yeah, babysitter, except this big-headed kid is bouncing for 500 smackaroos. 500? If you're working by the pond, you must be on Farouk's payroll. Nope, I've been retained by a mud and cleat boy, Jerry Brady. Mr. Football, huh? What do you want me to do, guard you? Sometimes you're as precocious as Bonzo, Sarge. Very funny. Well, if you're through guessing, I'm going to hang up. Now, wait a minute, Finger. This may be something big. I'm meeting Brady at the Silver Cradle at nine. We got a date with Bert Addison. He tried to buy Brady off, and we're turning him down. So what do you want from me? Just wanted you to know. Thought you could call me at home later, make sure I was tucked in for the night. Ah, ain't that nice. Baby Rocky wants me to tell him a bedtime story. Get lost. You're a real live doll, Sarge. But I'll wait with bated breath till I hear your blue little lips flapping in a couple hours. Bye now. That's the first portion of Rocky Fortune. More after these words. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now back to Rocky Fortune. A few minutes later, the cab dumped me off one block from the silver cradle. As I moved down the street, I saw three figures huddled together a short distance from the club. One was young, thick-chested, with a yard of shoulder, Jerry Brady. The other was older, stoop-shouldered and wiry. I'd seen him before, too. It was Pat Casey. The third party... Oops. Her clothes fit her like another layer of skin. I moved up to him, and Brady saw me first. Hey, Fortune, over here. This is Pat Casey and his daughter, Nora. Glad to meet you. Hello. Hiya. I told Pat all about Addison. He's coming in with us, okay? Sure. You met Addison before, didn't you, Fortune? The hockey scandal, wasn't it? Yeah. Me and the big wheel were playmates. Mm-hmm. Let's go, then. And remember, Jerry, let me and Fortune shoot off our faces. The boss will see you guys. He's in the back office. Thanks for nothing. Let's go. the key for the committee. Start talking. I don't have a thing to say. I do. I'm going to run your tigers right out of the stadium. You're just the guy who could do it. You know something, Brady? I was going to try to make a fix. Look, Addison, no filthy bottom-of-the-barrel scum like you will get his hooks into this kid. Tell him we've done business before, Brady. 
I know about that, too, you parasite. Okay, okay, get out of here. About your temper, Mr. Addison. Still a funny little high troubleshooter, eh, Fortune? Oh, your tonsils are out of tune, Addison. You crumbs can leave now and take that cheap crook quarterback with you. Take one more step, Addison, and I'll bust you back. I did you a favor once and I was paid. That was the end of it. I'm going to win with the bombers tomorrow. You and no one else will stop me. <laughs> We caught a cab outside of the Silver Cradle and journeyed uptown like relatives in the last funeral car. Nora Casey sat next to Brady and caressed his hand gently. It did nothing for him, but it made me very nervous. After all this glib repartee, the cab stopped in front of the St. Francis Hotel. Casey bid us goodnight, and as he turned to go inside, his mind seemed to leave his face. We moved on. All the way to Brady's joint, he kept talking so much about Casey, uh, I kind of wished he was my father. We reached Brady's apartment at the Regis Hotel. Good night, Nora. I thought we'd have a bite. Uh, I got some things to do. Letters, you know. What's the matter, Jerry? I don't understand. Well, there's nothing wrong, baby. I just want to be alone. But I thought we... Please, Nora. Some other time, huh? Thanks, Fortune. You're five other bucks welcome, pal. Uh, Will you see Nora home? I'll be looking all the way. Where to, Nora? Drexel Apartments. Drexel Apartments, Cabby. There's nothing worse than listening to a dame crying over another guy. I played like Mr. Anthony and went for Nora's whole hype. I turned down another drinking invite, took a rain check and phone number, and then headed home. I grabbed myself a quick belt and dropped into my favorite chair, and I was getting ready to doze off. Yeah? How did your date with Brady and Addison go? I'm home, ain't I? It was Casey with you. Sure, happy boy. So was his daughter. It's 11.30 now. Uh, what time did you leave him? Brady, his whistle-bait daughter, and me dropped him off at the St. Francis Hotel about 9.30. Why? They found Casey bouncing around the pavement a half hour ago. You better come down here. Look, Fortune, the heat's on, and I ain't playing. Wit is one thing, murder's another. And you, as usual, are right in the middle of it. Now, I want some answers. Okay, okay. How do you fit in the picture? Brady hired me to keep him in one piece. Who was going to break him? I don't know. Bert Addison, maybe. Brady and Casey turned him down cold. There were a few words, and Casey belted Addison in a kisser. I never thought it was suicide, anyhow. We'd better visit Addison. Yeah. If Potbelly and his boys did it, they're cooling off. The thing to do is to watch Brady. The helmet kid is next if he don't play ball. And I know he won't go for the fix. Yeah, well, let's go see him. You make it, Sarge. I want to look around a bit. Got the world on a string. Da-da-dee-da-da-da. All that fortune. There's ain't no pipe in your back. First come Jack. I got his water gun, Pete. What's this, a heist? We're gonna take a ride, chum. My two playmates are over six well-stacked feet. Solid muscle extended from the feet right up between the ears. I had a hunch about him, but no one to tell it to, so I make like Jack Horner. A few minutes later, we stopped in front of a swelling in a popping house. I get hustled upstairs and shoved into a seat. Pete went into the next room to get the boss. 
We meet again, Fortune. Yeah. You may be a big wheel of these crumbs, but you're just a tinker totter to me, Addison. Look, Fortune, you're an honest guy. You're legit and all. Flattery gets you no place. I respect you and for I didn't know you cared, Cherub. This is one time I'm playing it your way. It looks like it. Give him his gun. What do I do now? Play heroics? Look, Fortune, I've done lots of things. I play close to the law. A mile outside of All right, but I'm no murderer. I'm offering you a job. For instance? Find Casey's murderer. I'm being penciled in for a frame. I didn't have to knock him off. I had my deal. Tell him, Pete. I work at the bar at the cradle till eight. Brady came in a little after seven and saw the boss. So what? I don't expect you to believe me. I laid 50 grand on him. He was going to call wrong plays all night. He came back with you and Casey to make it look good. What are you building? Take a look at these. A hundred grand worth of bets on the Tigers. So what? I bet that loot at 8.15 p.m. after I met Brady. Why do you want to hire me? I can't afford a bum rap. Find a thing. I might wind up at your back door. What's the tariff? Five G's. All counted with your pudgy little fingers. <laughs> That's cheap. You're on a level. Well, counted. You mean I can leave without lumps or anything? Yeah. Hey. I'd like to do something before I go. Name it. I didn't like the way he frisked me. I'll check with you at the cradle, fat boy. I grabbed a one-eyed cab that was creeping up the street and headed for the St. Francis Hotel. I wanted to find out about Casey's bounce. I laid a sawbuck on the desk clerk for which he tipped me onto a bellboy named Perkins. Perkins, it seems, had a tidbit to talk about, and I found him down in the service department. Are you Perkins? What's well, even you, Dad? Conversation? I don't gas with no strangers. Blow, Tom. Tell me about Casey. I ain't talking till I see my lawyer. Try this double saw buck for size. Okay, man. Casey, call for ice water. I breeze up in five minutes, and as I reach the door, I hear yakking, so I listen. Some square's coming on real strong. Tells Casey they can make a big killing. But Casey starts singing the cop blues. And I hear scuffling and a window opening and then quiet. I got scared and took off down the hall. What time was that? Somewhere near ten, maybe later. You see anyone? Hmm? Twenty more do it. Love that long green. Start singing. Saw Jerry Brady come out of the room. Brady, huh? Yeah. Look, hipster, I'm no patsy and I don't dig hypos late on me. I'm no square and I get mad easy. Brady was with me at 10 at his hotel. Hey, take it easy, Mac. I'm, I'm fragile. So he's got an alibi. But I saw Brady. Now do me something. All right, Bob, you saw Brady. Tell the cops the same tale. I left Perkins, grabbed a cab, and headed to the Regis Hotel Apartments. I wanted to check on Brady. I called his apartment from the lobby. He was out. When the desk clerk slapped his eyes back to the racing form, I slipped upstairs to his room. 
I turned the joint upside down and came up with a couple of needles in a haystack. Headed back to the lobby where I made three calls. A, Nora Casey. I needed her for the bait. B, Sergeant Finger. I needed him for the cloak and dagger bit. C, Bert Addison. He was right about the 50 grand and I wanted to deliver his fink. They said they'd meet me right away and... Hi, Nora. I'm worried sick. What's the matter? Your call sounded so urgent and after what happened to Dad... I'm afraid, Rocky. Look, you'd like to see this thing cleared up, wouldn't you, honey? Well, how can you... Of course I would. Well, then you gotta help me, but tears ain't gonna make it. What do you want me to do? You gotta play a scene. Just do like I tell you. If you do it, we can clear this whole thing up. I'll do it. Good. Look, Brady should be back in a couple of minutes. We'll give him time to get up to his apartment. Then you go up and play like nothing's happened. But what has happened? I'm not sure yet, but you gotta trust me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There goes Brady now. Look, we'll give him time to get upstairs. I don't understand you. You don't think Jerry... Why, Rocky, you can't think... I said you have to trust me. I do. Good. Now go on up. And just be yourself. Hmm? If things jam up, I'll be around. Who is it? It's Nora, Jerry. Ah, just a minute. Nora, baby. Come in. I called you earlier from the police station. Yeah, well, I must have been having dinner. Are you, uh, going somewhere? Eh, packing stuff I won't be needing. All your clothes? Uh, After tomorrow, I'll be getting some new stuff. What's the matter with you? Oh, I'm just being a woman, I guess. You didn't pack my picture. (laughs) Oh, Well, I was saving that for last. What's happened to us, Jerry? I was at for size. I don't know. Never kissed you like that before, did I? Felt like I never kissed you before. Hello? Hello? I'm on my way. Where you going, Nora? I'm going to freshen my makeup. I heard it. Who are you talking to? The love of my life, Nora Casey. What's the address? 123 East 24th Street, Apartment 3. 123 East 24th Street, Apartment 3. Be there right away. Got the money? Yeah. See ya. Come here, Cuddles. No. <laughs> How does that feel? You're hurting me. If you don't do what I tell you, I'll mash every bone in your pink little body. Understand, baby? I needn't tell you, I lost my guts when we got up to Brady's apartment. It looked pretty helpless until Potbelly Addison discovered Nora's message. With lipstick, she scrawled an address in the bathroom medicine cabinet. 123 East 24th Street, apartment 3. We sprinted out of the room, made an express out of the elevator, dodged through the lobby and barreled into the patrol car. All the way over to 24th Street, I felt like a drunk ready to pass up the next round. Finger sat like a stone sphinx, and Fatso Addison fooled with a cigarette with nervous fingers. I just couldn't keep my numb mind off apartment three. Please don't hit me anymore. Who sent you up to that hotel room? No one. All right, let's try it again. Who sent you up to that? him again. Hey, what's with her? Yeah, she's on the verge of talking, ain't you, doll? Talk to Moose and me. Please, leave me alone. Hey, look at lady. I'll squash your skull, and I ain't kidding. Who sent you up? 
Hey, if that's the cops, lady. She passed out. Put her on the bed. I'll get the door. Who is it? Old Artisan. What you want? I want to talk to Brady. Let him in. Hey, what is this? Okay, muscle brain, get back and put your hands up. Finger, cover Brady. Hey, what's the matter? You guys nuts? Shut up, you bum. Get moving, mister. Watch huh? him, Finger. I'll look after Miss Casey. How are you feeling, kid? Thank God you're here, Rocky. <laughs> they beat me, so... Nice guys. Can you manage? I'm all right now. Look in the other room. He needs help. Worked him over, too, huh? Finger? Come here. Give Addison the gun. He's got 50 grand wrapped up in the scam. They pull anything, don't be afraid to use it. All right, Sergeant. Okay, Fortune, surprise me. Take a look. I'm looking. Who is it? Why don't you stop using those eye drops? Take a good look. What? That's Brady. Yeah, and he sure ain't gonna play tomorrow. Well, what about the thing that... Twin brother. The old double reverse pit. I'll explain the whole thing later. Why don't shoot? I'm jumping. Don't be a jerk, Buster. It's a long way down. Wound him, Addison. That feet won't shoot. Guy covers. The money's still floating down. Why didn't you shoot, Addison? I never shot a gun in my life. I believe him, Sarge. You better call headquarters and have him collect the pieces. Let's get the show on the road. <laughs> On the way back to town, I briefed the eminent Sergeant Finger with the unobvious details. Nora rode back with Jerry Brady, who came around. But he could only talk to her by Braille. They were both nursing a batch of Purple Hearts, and Addison rode with us. He was quiet, like a guy with so many thoughts he was double-parking him. Finger dropped me off at my place with a promise to check later. And except for wear and tear, I was 5,500 bucks richer. I was counting how many more defense bonds I could buy when they dumped me off. And I was glad to get home. Artificial arm and leg. Very funny, Fortune. Uh, if it is a Sergeant Finger Boy cop, what's on your alleged mind? I got some reports for you to sign tomorrow. Addison canceled out all his bets, says he's going to sell the Tigers and go legit. He's still a mile outside the law. Yeah, so's the corner bookie. Uh, got the album and the letters. He was right, Fortune. The twin escaped from an asylum. Jerry Brady was hiding him out. Picked up Perkins. He established the time. The reason he didn't see Moose was because they split up. Hey, hey, Fortune. You listening? Uh, sure, needle noise. I'm listening. Well, the Moose worked Casey over, but the twin dumped him. Moose cracked under questioning, and then he How's went... the weather, Sarge? Getting cold. I'll buy you some musk for your blue little ears. So long, Sarge. Hey, I ain't through yet. Hey, hey. Hey, Fortune! Fortune! Hey! Hey, Rocky! You... Ah, what's the use? NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. Others in tonight's cast included Bert Holland, Lou Krugman, Ted Bonelks, Maurice Hart, Joe Forte, Vivi Janis, Eddie Fields, Lee Millar, and Jack Mather. Tonight's script was written by Doc Stanford. Andrew C. Love directed. 
Now, to tell you about next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Next week, I'll tell you about the time I took a job as a social director in the Casco Mountains. Ten bucks a week, all you can eat, wait on tables in the daytime, and don't forget to dance with the middle-aged widows in the evening. All of which ain't bad, except that in my case, the social director had to double as a funeral director at his own funeral. See you around. Visit with Fibber McGee and Molly tonight on the NBC Radio Network. And that's Rocky Fortune from February 2nd, 1954, with the bodyguard for a football player starring Frank Sinatra as heard on NBC. Let's take a break, then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of March, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Boston Blackie Volume 1 featuring 12 detective adventures. Boston Blackie Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99 but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during March is X-1 Volume 1 featuring 12 stories by some of the greatest writers in science fiction. X-1 Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for half price, only $9.99 via digital download this month only. In April, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during March. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order. And while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s to the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360, where I I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, Joseph Cotton stars in The Cavalcade of America. Then it's part one of the Doris Day Show from 1952. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. We'll see you then.